Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by CornNation.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahochko, joined as always by our founder and fearless leader, John Dam Johnston. Hello, John. You know, I like it better when you ask me how I'm doing. How are you doing, John? I'm like a fine wine has been sitting out for a long time, turned into acid. Sounds about right, based on what I know about you. Wait for somebody to drink me up and go, woo, what was that shit? Not not going to uh, touch that with the 10-foot pole, because we're social distancing, aren't we? Uh, joining us on this episode, the post-Northwestern, pre-Penn State, Big Ten, topsy-turvy type of episode is Todd Wolverton. Hello, Todd. How you doing, Greg? We're, we're uh, surviving for another day. And also, Nate McHugh is here with us. Hello, Nate. Hi, guys. How are you? Uh, well, John didn't ask me how I was. He asked me, are you okay? So <laughs> that is how I'm going to greet people from now on. Thank you, John. You're welcome. Are you okay? I'm doing just fine. Are you okay, John? Well, mostly, except it turned into an acidic bastard. <laughs> Todd, Todd, are I'm you not okay? Sure that's, I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm, they I'm okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, if if you're tuning into us on Friday like you should be, then you'll know that uh, yesterday we dropped uh, Nate's newest counter bootleg podcast, where he says that offensive change is needed. Boy, howdy. Uh, I was uh, getting caught up on some podcasts. Listen to them out of order. How dare I? But our good friends over at the Big Red Cobcast put out a uh, an episode in the unofficial bye week titled The Big Ten or Everybody or Whomever Generalized Audience is Scared of Scott Frost. And after watching that Northwestern game, I can almost assure you that there's not a defensive coordinator or opposing head coach who is afraid of Scott Frost. At the present, it, the, the the play call was mind-boggling. The personnel usage uh, was aggravating, and the fact that they, you know, went out of their way to mention Omar Manning will be ready, and then they never, you know, I think the only time they targeted him was on an interception. That's not how that works, uh, or incomplete pass, um, uh, deflection. Okay, thank you, Nate. Uh, feel free to jump in. This is an audio podcast, so you can jump in and correct me. Uh, Are you talking about the Northwestern Games personnel? Or are you talking about that Cats musical thing? <laughs> Not talking about Cats the musical thing. Uh, Just with, with the uh, poorly rendered hands or whatever. Uh, no, I'm talking about Nebraska's uh, latest disappointment, and that is the loss to Northwestern uh, last Saturday. So many, so many question marks uh, after after that game, Todd. When you watched it, I mean, I, I want to say what's what's the one big thing that you noticed, but I I feel like that's like let let's just get your your immediate emotional takeaway after what should have been a win, what should have been, in my opinion, a convincing Husker win that ended up you know being a Another disappointing loss. Definitely dis- disappointed about um, some of the play calling. And, you know, I'm, I'm not usually one that beats up on coaches. Um, but I, I was very disappointed in the play calling. Um, you, I was disappointed in the fact that they get inside the 20-yard line, inside the red zone, and they just look about as inept as any team as I've ever seen. Um, I was incredibly impressed by Northwestern's front seven. 
Um, that's a tough defense up front. That is a really tough defense up front. And, um, you know, so those are my takeaways. I, you know, I'm sure we're going to talk about it at some point, but um, I thought Adrian Martinez probably played the worst game that I've seen him play um, since he's since he's been here at Nebraska. John, yes, uh, yes, you there in, in the question. second row. Okay. I have a question for the rest of you guys. I have seen so many people talk about the fact that when we're down in the red zone or we get down to the five-yard line that we should line up heavy and stop this spread stuff and go with power. And I just have this question. Todd, does this not require that we're playing football in a phone booth and therefore our offensive line should be able to get some push on the defensive line we're playing against? Absolutely. And I'm not going to – if you listen to what I said is how inept we were (laughs) inside the 20-yard line. I'm not going to sit here and say that they should change things dramatically or, you know, I was disappointed in the play calling the whole game. You know, it looked like the, the that series that um, uh, Luke McCaffrey was in there. Uh, Scott Frost thought he was Pete Carroll. And, uh, you know, rather than try to jam the ball in inside the five-yard line, let's pass it right in the middle um, where there's lots of players. Um, you know, that just was beside me. But, um you know, it was to me. It was one of the most frustrating football games that I've watched Nebraska play. Absolutely frustrating. Would the word maddening apply? <sighs> At times, <laughs> I think we'll uh, deep dive a little bit more into it, or at least get everybody's take. But Nate, uh, when you talk about, you know, and I don't disagree with what's already been said about perhaps the the worst performance by Adrian Martinez and and I was about ready to uh ring the bell and, and call for Luke McCaffrey, but then at times he you know, there there was the uh second half possession where he came in and in three plays they went back about twenty yards. You know, and and credit to him, he got Twenty of those yards back, but then you're looking at fourth and ten, and you're you're in in the same position you started. I, I so I I I feel like it was it was a, a a comedy of errors, and and Nate, you know, it, when if you were faced with a decision of, you know, how, where do you turn at the quarterback position? It's it, it's a little more than a coin toss at this point. Well, you know, the coaches or the head coach, Scott Frost, mentioned before the first game that if you took Adrian Martinez's experience out of the consideration that um, McCaffrey might be the one who'd get the first nod. And so I think that is I – th- when I heard that, I thought that was interesting, that – Essentially, if they were both, that neither of them had starting experience, it sounded like Luke was going to, would have been the starter. And you kind of don't blame Frost because at that time you're looking at Ohio State, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Penn State, and throwing Luke McCaffrey in there is probably, you know, like you kind of pray that he lives type of feeling, you know. Uh, but watching the game, you know, against Northwestern, it looked like the ball came out of McCaffrey's hands faster. And I think, and I'm not a football expert, but uh, maybe I should say I am because I write for the the site. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, I coach basketball, but I write about football. What the fuck? Yeah, sorry. Anyways, uh, my understanding is that with Frost's offense, he doesn't need like a five-star quarterback. He just needs somebody. Come, I would say Joe Gans would do very well in a Frost offense because he knows where to put the ball, and he probably, you know, I think that is what we're looking for and. Martinez looked a couple seconds slow on delivering the ball. And I think that's where 
Unfortunately, Martinez is, I, I don't know if he's overthinking it. What, what, whatever's going on, it's just, it's not working. And then, you know, someone mentioned also that, and I haven't looked at it personally, but to Martinez's credit is that a lot of times we saw Luke McCaffrey move the ball up and down the field. He had a lot more of the young guys, the wide receivers on the field where Martinez had a lot of those walk-ons who essentially are out there to block, you know, you know, like uh, Wyatt, uh, everybody, uh, Lure, Lure, uh, and then that Levi Falk, the graduate transfer, and uh, you know, what's his name? Warner. Uh, anyways, Cade. so Cade. Cade Warner, thank you. And so, great mustache and all, but they're not getting open, obviously. And so, you know, what, what I one question I do wonder is. If Martinez had the best, let's say if he had Wandale, which he did have, Omar Manning, Xavier Betts, and uh, Marcus Fleming out there in the field, would he look better? I don't know. And that's the answer is no. The answer is no. I know this is when John on our post game podcast asked the question if. Luke had been in the game earlier if we would have won, and I didn't want to say yes, even though the answer might have been yes, is things like that. You know, like, did, did Martinez have the same guys that could actually get open? I mean, you'd have to, like, double-check. but So that's kind of my thought. Let's, let's throw so. the, he would not throw the ball down the field. He just wouldn't. Unless you're People tight end. People complain about those side-to-side passes. Well, you're not calling side-to-side passes all the time. You guys got other guys out on routes. And the only time that I can recall him throwing the ball down the field is he whipped back and winged it up for a prayer into double coverage and got it picked off in the end zone. Kind of looked like a Taylor Martinez pass, you know, that kind of arm punt thing going on. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever actually heard. Late on the route. I I, I don't think I've ever actually heard. You go, oh, he's open. I'll throw it now. It's already too late. You know, you should have known he was going to be open based upon the coverage you saw when the when the players were in movement. So I'm not yeah. I'm not as bashful about this. You know, these he guys play at the University of Nebraska. Normally, they'd be playing in front of ninety thousand people. If we want to treat them like they're heroes. And and but what we're suddenly treating them like they're babies, and in Scott Frost, you know I get it. You don't want to yank your quarterback and embarrass him in front of the nation, maybe. But for God's sakes, do you want to win games? Because after the games, Scott Frost worries me because right now he looks like. Okay, this is a shitty comparison for right now, but just I'm older. He looks like a president of the United States who's aging in office, okay? It, it's, if this keeps up for four years, Scott Frost is going to be 84 years old. <laughs> because after that game was over and he did that post-game presser, my God, he his body language, he looked like he looked like he wanted to just drop over dead or something. And it was it's not healthy for that. I realize you hate losing, but... I, you got to not fucking stress yourself to the point that I don't know. Maybe it affects your decisions or something. Let's uh, let's go around the room real quick. Uh, as far as comparing Martinez and McCaffrey, based on your observation, who is the better runner, John? Luke. Todd. Luke. Nate. I think Luke has the – he's faster. He's more elusive probably, but Martinez is – I mean, is Martinez 20 pounds heavier? Uh, I, if, if you're – okay, sorry. If you were on the two-yard two line, ready to go, I'd want Martinez. Now, if you're at the 20 you know, or 25 after touchback, could someone go 75 yards, that's Luke. You know, but I, I have no qualms with the other two. You know, same move. I need a different runner, so that's all. 
agreed. I think Luke has better top speed. Um, I I like Adrian's ability to you know his vision a little bit. I think he can extend some plays just a little bit more um, by by seeing things opening up downfield. Uh, so let's talk passing, John. Who would you rather have passing, uh, Luke. Luke, Todd? Well, I think that's where the obvious difference is. Luke's got more zip on his ball. He was throwing those passes on those outs on the wide side, and he was getting the ball there. The thing that really frustrated me, and I guess to use John's term, what was maddening, was that when when Martinez was throwing the ball downfield, he was overthrowing it by six, seven feet. I mean, at one point, you know, when I was watching with my dad, I said, this guy is so amped up, they got to get him calmed down. Because his, you know, that's what it looked like to me. And and he never did get it under control. He had a long completion down the field to uh, Allen, I think, the tight end. Then he threw that, you know, that YOLO pass into the end zone that John was talking about. But he he was missing bad. Bad. I, so he looked like he looked like Adrian last year. I I think Maybe. it's great that in in this episode we've had John say arm punt and Todd say YOLO pass or, or as we affectionately remember the YOLO bombs. Um, first of all, you guys are way too old to be using such hip slang. So funny thing is, I don't think it's that hip. I know that's the ironic thing. It's hip because you're old. Hey, you know? whoa, 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 whoa. You're not wrong, but whoa. <laughs> All right, Nate, uh, uh, passing Luke or Adrian? I say it, remain, it remains to be seen. I, I, I From limited duty, I think Luke looks like a better decision or quicker, quicker decision maker. Um, I mean, it's this, kind guy, of, this is why the fucking government can't get any work done, Nate, because there's two guys that are like, bam, 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 and you're like, oh, I don't know. Maybe we should do, get a task force together and study this. Maybe a committee. Because this is what impact studies into the quarterback. I'm going to fast forward to the post Penn State podcast that we may do, and we're going to say, "Man, Luke just doesn't look that good at quarterback. It's weird. You know, he's not the savior. He's not this great quarterback. No, Logan Smothers is." Yeah, all of a sudden, oh, man, maybe Logan's the guy. We have no idea. I mean, we've seen Luke in limited duty. In limited duty, he does look like a much better passer. Now I get 100%. But I want to say Luke, but it's just like I'm just trying to protect myself from being disappointed again. You know how that works? And and how much much this is put on – how much of this is put on uh, Lubick and Frost for running out packages where, as it's been mentioned already, uh, McCaffrey has the stronger receiving options? You know, uh, that's, you know, we, you're only as, I don't want to say you're only as good as, as the receivers you're throwing to, but as, you know, cause it's been mentioned that Martinez was overthrowing, you know, some guys by six, seven feet, but, you might have a, a Fleming or a Manning or a Betts who maybe is a step faster all the way down the field to to be able to you know catch up to that pass or you know I I don't know I don't know that that's why you know, but I just feel like and I, I'm not saying anything's intentional I'm not saying that you know that and they're they're out to make anybody you know, look like they're failing but. Is there a chemistry issue that Martinez is just more comfortable working with these older, slower receivers, <laughs> and McCaffrey's coming in and he's and he's uh, you know able to to gel a little bit more with with some of these younger you know guys? I don't know. Well, and this Todd's got some. Um, Frost said in his press conference essentially that those younger. More athletic, quicker receivers don't know enough the playbook yet, you know, and that's what's frustrating to me. Is it's like I thought they were all doing all this studying, they're doing all the, you know, how do they not? Okay, they might not know the whole playbook, but how about let's 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 pick twenty five percent and go with that. 
because what you're doing right now, and I, I assume Frost is thinking the same thing. What you're doing right now is not working. You know, you know, the, 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 the uh, and I lost the train of thought, but Todd, go ahead. I think we might be thinking the same thing here because, you know, it, it seemed like in the first half, and, you know, I know where you're kind of at with the runner. I think Martinez is a good, strong runner. He's a strong runner. He's he's more physical, I think. And I think that the offense was kind of dedicated to trying to establish a running game and more of a power-type offense in the first half. So, therefore, your receivers are going to be, you know, those guys that are more inclined to block. I think that they overthought, and I, I think that's the thing with a lot of teams. I think they're overthinking this way too much, and you've got your – you know, your your physical power packages and you've got your speedy, fast, winging, dinging it packages. And, and you know, I, I don't know if that's what they're thinking or not, but you're absolutely right. Um, you had those receivers, the, the fast catching receivers out on the field in the second half. Where were they in the first half? Um, I don't know. And I guess – you know, I said it on a podcast in preseason when we were talking about the quarterback situation. It was obvious in the third series that Adrian was really struggling. And I don't think it would have hurt at that point in time to give McCaffrey a a, a series. Just say you got one to see if Adrian could idle down. And then you would have had him in the ballgame earlier. And, and maybe there would have been some kind of balance and Adrian could have composed himself a little bit. Um for what it's worth. I don't see why he's freaking about why he's making this so difficult on himself. And by him, I mean, Scott Frost, it, it's not like people haven't played two quarterbacks before. And I realize he was a college quarterback and he's supposed to know all about it, but you got just run one for three series and run the other one for the next three series. My God, if he, what are they little babies? You got to coddle them that much. Why didn't they because have, if, why didn't they have any of those packages in the game at, did they ever have Martinez and McCaffrey on the field at the same time? Not this week. And, and get against Ohio state. Everybody was just going on about that with Ohio state. And, you know, they go completely away from that. I I don't, I don't quite understand. He said, he said that Northwestern was doing things to take that away from them. So they couldn't run those plays, but you kind of go, Oh, for fuck's sake. That's all. You know, if you execute a play, I may, again, not a college coach, not making millions. Otherwise, I wouldn't be with you fuckers. Hey. Yeah. Woo. You give us your time I, when you're big and rich and famous. If I understand football correctly, you can run plays, and if you execute them, they'll probably be successful. You know, it's not always about coming up with a perfect mismatch unless that's exactly what they're predicating their entire offense on because I, you know, it's kind of like perfection is the enemy of good. You're one of your best players wasn't on the field for most of the playing, the, the, the game for God's sakes, you can't figure that out. You can I, pay I me a million dollars. I can figure that shit out. I agree with that. hundred percent. You can pay me 150 bucks. I figured that out. <laughs> What are you trying to say? Oh, uh, and the the problem is that the offense's ineptitude overshadowed some really strong, especially in the first half, defensive play. Uh, you know, you had uh, again playing without um, Deontay Williams, uh, playing without uh, Cam Taylor Britt, and you had I mean Miles Farmer steps in and has two uh, interceptions. One of them. A little fluky. I'm not ashamed to say the one that bounced off the back of his teammate's, uh, uh, you know, helmet. But, uh, you know, still, I feel like the defense played well enough to put the offense in, in positions to succeed. And then the offense just cannot get the job. Well, let's go. We, let's talk about, you know, having first and goal from the two. And, you know, it, yeah. it got brought up earlier, you know, the, the smash mouth foot, football that, that everybody likes, but you, you try something and it doesn't work twice and then you throw an interception or, or maybe three times and you throw an interception. But what happened to the other type of football that Nebraska fans like? And that's just a little option play. You have a ton of talent. You could, that would have been a great 
time to put Luke McCaffrey in back there with uh, Martinez. Uh, you know, run a little option to the right. You have Martinez who could keep it. You have McCaffrey who could take the pitch and run it. Or a little option pass. I don't know. I'm just doing You get golden opportunity to get the ball in and I believe, not take a lead, at least possibly tie it with the two-point conversion. I couldn't remember exactly what the score was at that time. But you have a golden opportunity to, you know, put, put a little pressure on Northwestern and you can't do it. And then you throw the ball away and, and Northwestern laughs. And when when Northwestern starts laughing at Nebraska, it's, it's time to make significant changes. The maddening part about that game, why I called it maddening is that the offense wasn't in it. They racked up 442 yards offense. Nebraska did in the previous two games. Uh, Maryland, Maryland got 207 yards total on them and Iowa had 293. And we have 442. So the offense did stuff. They just didn't score, which that's where maddening comes in. Well, you got to be able to close a drive. As Nate's, uh, signaling, you got to be able to punch it in. Or maybe Nate's oh, just punching yes. the screen. That's what John said. Yep. Right? After the game, you're like, yeah, yeah, punch it in. What'd you say? Your analogy. I think I, I think I, I made a, a reference to bad sex. Oh God. <laughs> I mean, let, 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 can we, I, I want to ask this ridiculous question. I mean, because John, you, you called me out on, on, you know, I said they were playing inept and you said they weren't, they were up 400 something yards. Uh, they just couldn't do it when it mattered. And by that, I mean, inside the, the five yard line. Is there anybody? May, there's maybe what one player on Northwestern who, uh, defense who's going to play the next level? Patty Fisher, Patty O'Brien, Hallahan, uh, Patty Fisher, linebacker, Patty Irish Pub name. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. They got a lot of vet. The thing about them is they have a veteran defense and and they're coached very well. And uh, so next good. year we win eighty three to two. Well, you know, it could be, our offense can punch it in. <laughs> the other thing we haven't the other thing we haven't talked about is the the ongoing incredible lack of discipline that this team is showing. And Nebraska football has not played disciplined football since the Solich days. I mean, this is aggravating and frustrating with the penalties, the the costly penalties. Um that's ridiculous. That is. How do you ridiculous. fuck up a false start when there's no crowd? <laughs> How do you do that? And, and I believe it was Explain out of a timeout. That. Was that wasn't that out of a timeout as well? There's or one. one. Of them? Yeah. <sighs> well, they did have a new center. I don't know. I, I mean, it's, it, it's not. It, it sounds like an excuse. I don't know. I'm just offering something, and it's by crap. Crap. Well, you know what? That can make a difference, but it, the fact yeah. that it's ongoing, you know, I, I'm I'm done with Northwestern. Fuck them. I'm ready for Penn State. Well, tell us how you really feel, John. I'm done with fucking Northwestern. I'm ready for Penn State. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the Nittany Lions, or since it's the holidays, almost the Knitting Lions. I think right now I'd call them the Shitney Lions, and they probably would too. I, I you missed my pun, John, and I hate you for it. Oh, I'm I'm not very good at puns. Because knitting, you know, like knitting stocking. Never mind. Shut up. Oh yeah. Okay. <sighs> this is why. This is why we can't have nice things. This is this is why nobody else wants to come on the show. Because my bad. Has anybody else watched the the Shitney Lions play this year? I haven't seen him play a snap. A little bit. Nate's seen a little bit. Greg, have you watched him? Hard no. <laughs> wow. And, I and, I, and have, I'll tell you why. I have watched them uh, because, you know, I I just like watching football. And they look, you know, they the difference between them and us is they were supposed to come in this year and be undefeated by the time they got to us, maybe. I mean, they had Ohio State, and everybody was expecting them to play Ohio State tough. 
Uh, I don't think anybody's going to play Ohio State's tough, so whatever. It's but definitely not going to be Alabama this weekend. Their, <laughs> their, their game against Indiana was just a – you know, Indiana looks like they're a much improved team, whatever. Penn State was still supposed to be much better than they uh, were in that game. And what they were in that game was lackluster on offense, and their defense was just – you know, their defense was like most teams this year, not a defense. Defense seems to be non-existent across the whole board in college football, which makes Northwestern a little bit unique in the fact that they did play good defense and they do play good defense. But wait a minute. I thought you were saying that Nebraska racked up 400 and something yards on them. Well, they they got the turnovers. That's the key. Uh, By the way, I was was looking back through uh, uh, the the photos of that game and on the uh, the – Adrian Martinez arm punt that was intended for Austin Allen, uh, who's six eight, and the announcers like to uh, <laughs> like to mention that. And I remember they 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 said that uh, um, the the uh, defensive back went up and, and went up and just got got that ball. He out jumped the 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 six eight Allen. No, the ball was underthrown by three yards. <laughs> let's not yeah, well. let's not give unnecessary credit. <laughs> Yeah, handed out like participation trophies there in the Big Ten to everybody except Nebraska, by God. So, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, loud okay. and almost Sorry. clear. Sorry. Almost um, loud and somewhat clear. Somebody extremely intelligent, extremely innovative, almost a genius at football, once said – and by the way, his name is Bo Pelini. Oh. You know. Oh, I know you guys got disappointed really quick. When he was a coach here, he was giving up a bunch of yards. And I guess at the end of a uh, press conference, he said, yeah, look at the score. Yards don't matter, points do. And so, yeah, we put up a bunch of yards against Northwestern, but we didn't finish. You, you know who else didn't finish? Didn't Supposedly. Bo Pelini also always always uh wasn't he also notorious for saying we just have to execute the process? Uh no you, no it's, it's yeah, we didn't execute. Oh. That's what he would say, you know. And I mean it's true on pretty much every mistake <laughs> in sports, it's they didn't execute. Uh but we are terrible in the red zone. You know who's worse? Penn State? Penn State. Supposedly. Wow. Yeah, I heard that on the radio this morning. Uh, we're uh, And I'm throwing numbers out there. I think we're like 118th-ish or 108th-ish in the red, uh, red zone efficiency, and they're like 118 or something like that. So we can get together with Penn State and, and hug and kumbaya. So... Well, I know some Penn State people, and I've talked to Penn State people. I interviewed three of the guys for Black Shoe Diaries before the year began. And then this week I interviewed a a, a guy who covers Penn State for a li- living, Dustin Hawkinsmith from uh, PennLive.com. Look at you name-dropping like a son of a bitch. This game, this game is, like, going to be the insecurity bowl because <laughs> – our fans are expect us to lose. Penn State's fans expect them to lose. At the beginning of the year, I had a close colleague that was like, we're going to put a bet on the Penn State game. Well, the first thing Monday morning tells me in Google chat is, we're not betting on this game for anything. <laughs> I might even root for Nebraska, to which point I said, that's because you can curse Nebraska, you son of a bitch. You're not rooting for Nebraska. And But that. You know, as bad as we feel about our team, Penn State feels just as shitty about theirs, and and there are a lot of problems with Penn State. Number one, Sean Clifford, their quarterback, isn't Trace McSorley. Uh, their starting running back, Journey Brown, just before we started this podcast, it was disclosed that he uh, is done with football because of a medical condition mm. that uh, I'm myocarditis. What it is, it, it's a... A problem of the heart. Is which, it a side effect of the COVID? I don't know. It was linked no, initially. No, it, they discovered it during COVID testing, but it is a, 
it is a hard issue. And I guess you're kind of feel bad for the kid. that He's good for done with football, but good that he didn't find out about his heart condition in the worst way possible. So I have a question I, for I, you, John. You guys wanted to say something. Did somebody else want to say something? I did based on your conversations with, uh, uh, we'll go with your most recent with the, the gentleman from Penn live. Did, did, did he indicate and, and I haven't listened to the episode in its entirety yet. And by that, I mean, I haven't listened to the episode, uh, but, uh, uh, did he indicate that Penn state fans may be more, frustrated than Nebraska fans because they actually had hope and hype coming into the season and like, Oh, we, we're going to go play uh Ohio state and, and give them a run for their money or however they might've phrased that. And then, and then, uh, you know, Nebraska's over here, like we hope to be over 500. Did, you know, do they indicate that, you know, there, there were different levels of, uh, of frustration and that maybe that's why Penn state fans are so up in arms. I think when you interview guys that do this for a living, what you find is that they're very diplomatic in how they describe their circumstances. So basically what he said is there's every, every fan base has its uh, group of people that want to go out and get together with pitchforks and torches. And uh, we discussed the fact that you can't do that this year. And that's why people are even more frustrated because they can't burn stuff down and they can't burn it up either. But uh, I, from the Penn State people I know, yeah, they're they're very upset with their team. Todd, well, I yeah, I think that there's something to be said when you have you know, I heard John, when you have a team that was hyped to be one of the you know a contender in the Big Ten Conference and they start out on three. Um, that that is hard to swallow, and you know I I guess I think that the majority of Nebraska fans had expectations for a decent year, um, you know whatever however you define that. But um, I I don't know I I guess it, it, you know the how how did you describe that John the what game how are they describing it this the game? insecurity bowl insecurity bowl. Um, I don't know. You know, I guess the way I've kind of looked at this season and I may be in the minority on this, I really don't give a shit about this season. Um, this is to me, this is kind of a throwaway season and for people to get, uh, yeah, they're going to crown a national champion or whatever, but, um, uh, big deal. <laughs> you know, you look at what's going on in this country right now. I, whatever, play some football, entertain us a little bit and let's, let's worry about 2021. You know, it doesn't matter who wins the national title this year. Alabama's going to claim it. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Todd's approach is just, we're going to dry erase board this entire fucking football season. And, uh, and, so, and So last week, having watched Maryland and having watched Penn State, I told my buddy, I said, don't worry about Maryland. You're going to kill them. It was 21 to nothing before Penn State scored in that game. And their defense got torched. And that was you just that was I watched that game and I was like, what in the hell are they even doing? They their defense looked like most of the defenses in college football, just lost, no tackling, couldn't guard a receiver, couldn't, you know. It it was I, I think the word's inept. Let's uh we've been using that tossing that word around a lot tonight. Inept? Uh, but uh it, it it should be said that Penn State, you know, aside from, you know, losing their running back, uh, they also had their best defensive player opt out uh, before football ever got back underway in Micah Parsons. Um, I don't know if one man can make a difference. I know that uh, he probably would have made a big difference if he would have landed in Lincoln instead of uh, uh, Happy Valley, but, you know, those those uh, days have come and gone. You know, Todd. Todd has said something. We both pay attention to Husker football, and Todd has oh, good, always said we have a podcast about, about it and a website about it that uh, has stuck with me. And that's that every baseball team needs that one guy that's a kind of a scruffy, fight it out. You know, fight for every ball, fight for every bat, fight for every swing, kind of guy. And I think that's what happens when you lose a Micah Parsons, or you don't have one. 
Are you, are you, you know, in Minnesota's case, they lost Anton Winfield Jr. And their defense is just fucking terrible. You know, you know, and I'll, I want to follow up on that, John, because I was listening to the radio this week and, and they were interviewing Coach Osborne and they were asking him about the, you know, the 94 team or whatever. And somewhere in that, um, somewhere in that conversation, um, you know, they brought up about how mentally tough, you know, those, uh, those teams were. And, you know, I can't remember, I, I don't remember these things real well, but I have heard over and over and over again about uh, Grant Wistrom and Jason Peter and uh, Christian Peter, those three guys. Does Nebraska have one of those guys? I mean, you know, and, and that's what I've talked about with John with baseball teams. I mean, you know, back in the heyday of Nebraska baseball, back in the, you know, the early 2000s, they had a catcher here by the name of John Gross. And, you know, John Gross, I don't even know if he was an all-conference player, and very few people even remember that guy. I remember that guy the night that they were playing Creighton in a game down here at Haymarket Park with lightning in the sky and this crazy stuff, and John Gross was ready to take on the whole Creighton team. Um, I don't know what kind of leadership there is on this Nebraska team. I think those guys are playing hard. I don't think they're apathetic when they're out on the field. But how tough are they? How? I don't know. Well, I, I went to, I, I, I'm going to step in here, and this is an outside perspective, is obviously I'm not in the locker room, so I don't know the the team chemistry from that point. But, like, and I'm not, I'm not putting him on, like, the uh, Grant Wistrom, uh, Jason or Christian Peter level, but – like someone like a, a like a Jack Gangwish, uh, who you know was not heralded, but you know busted his ass. I feel like at, at least for, and I'm not saying this is just Nebraska. I think this is probably along multiple sports and in, in you know across the country and at all levels is you don't have because you don't want to ruffle feathers in 2020, you don't have anybody who's going to be, you know, for lack of a better term, your accountability partner. You're not going to have anybody who's going to go get in your face and say, you know, you know, sort it out, you know, and I don't know, maybe again, not being in practice, not being in locker room, maybe they have that guy, but I think he needs to be heard a little bit more. I agree, but I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> I said we well, don't I just, know who it is. We don't know who it One is. One thing that is different about this year is that nobody, uh, you know, media people can't go to practices. So you, there's no observation of practices. You're not going to be able to spot guys that are, you know, pretty much getting in other people's faces or or helping them, you know, beefing them up, coaching well, them up, you know, giving I, them some uppities. <laughs> sorry. There's a group of four kids that I really want to keep my eye on, and they may be that guy. And they're all Nebraska kids, and they all play at the second level of the defense. You got a Luke Luke Reimer who is a walk on, and everybody has glowing things to say about that kid. I mean, he is a hundred miles an hour all the time. And you get a hard nosed kid like that to step up and take on some leadership, that would be awesome. You got the Nelson kid from Scott's Bluff. Hey, Garrett who, Nelson, show respect. Garrett, see, I'm not good with names. You got <laughs> you got the Henrich kid from Burke, and I'll tell you what I can't. I was shocked at the size that kid is. I didn't. I had no idea he was. Big. He is. <laughs> and then throw in the Snodgrass kid from York. If he comes along, you got four Nebraska born and raised um, linebackers there. That maybe maybe that is where some of this persistence and pride is going to come from. I don't know. Uh, I have a question, but Nate, I, I want you to go first. Yeah. So, can you hear me? Sorry, I'm messing. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I agree with Todd on all of those because I, I was saying who's, you know, who would be those leaders, you know, on defense? Who would be the leader on offense? It probably is Wandale, right? I mean. He's kind of like the guy that's pretty much willing to do whatever. Luke, I mean, obviously, who knows that quarterback for the offensive line? I mean, I don't know yet, but 
Uh, do you guys have any other ideas? Because obviously you can only do so much on defense. I, I think as far as leadership, but I, on offense, you know. I think if you're looking at the offensive line, it's got to start at the center, you know, um, and you know because that's that's kind of the anchor and and you know when when Cam's back and healthy, I think he is that guy. Um, problem is, you know, what we kind of saw last year as well is some sometimes he runs into some health snafus. Um, I I don't know if Adrian's that guy. You know, like you said, Nate. I think I think Wandale is your best shot. My question is going back to the defensive side, Nate. The the four players that you mentioned, mentioned, they were. Brought, did, but, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. You guys look so similar that it's you know yeah. so gosh darn handsome. It's a, uh, <laughs> it's like looking at twins here on my screen. Um, you know, the Danny DeVito, Arnold Schwarzenegger type. I'm gonna let you guys decide which one's which. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, um, they are at, I want to think, I know, you know, someone like Garrett Nelson who, who, you know, said very openly and you, you could see it last year. I think when he was given his black shirt or, or when he got in a chance to play or something very emotional about, you know, living out that Nebraska kid dream of, of, you know, running out of the tunnel being a Husker. I wonder if they, I'm not saying they couldn't or shouldn't be the, you know, like the accountability guy, you know, who, who steps up and, but I wonder if there's a, a, culture clash with some kids who are coming from out of state who maybe you know like don't have that connection to classic nebraska and you know they're just like i'm just here to you know elevate my stock you know try to try to get to the next level or get an education or or whatever it is i don't care about 1994 95 97 nebraska football i'm just here you know for me and and so i I wonder if there's if there's a a bit of a styles clash there i I don't know i know who the leader on offense is okay it's luke it's luke mccaffrey i i i really want uh scott frost to come out and and if he were to announce luke as the starter It'd be really good if he was like, Luke, Luke, you, you are, are our starter. <laughs> thanks oh for my God. thanks for taking my my mojo away there, John. I appreciate. I'm it. sorry, no, I do okay. that to you all the time. Can I do one more thing and crush you into the ground? Go for it. Are, are you going to talk? I don't give a damn if they got a Nebraska connection. You know what I want them to have? I want them to fucking want to not lose. That's what I want. I want to find the guys who hate losing more than they hate anything else on this planet. More than death. Give me two guys that hate to lose. Other than Scott Frost, it's pretty fucking clear he hates losing. Could it's gonna kill him sooner or later? And and, and going bringing back names that we that we mentioned a few minutes ago, like the Christian, uh, Christian and uh, uh, Jason Peters and and Grant Wistrom, they were guys who you could tell hated to lose um but they were also guys who were not accustomed to losing so i think it's a little more difficult i don't know and they're also surrounded by very very good players up and down the roster you know so it's like it's easy for them to be like yeah we did all this but guess what you're jason you played with grant wistrom you know you played jay foreman you played with uh oh no i'm in trouble but, uh, you know, all these great players, I'm like, I'm like, wait, does Ralph Brown play with them? You know, you know, anyways, but, yeah, so. Todd, you're muted. They're coming. I think they're coming. I think that there's, I think that they're coming. And, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic about that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and, and woe is the big red. And, you know, I, I'm not going to quit watching and I'm not going to drop the team, you know, like some, you know, or walk away and never come back. I mean, there, there are some exciting football players here. And I think that this team, I think this team does have a lot of potential and it's got to become a more disciplined team. They got to get rid of the stupid ass mistakes. Those are going to kill them. Those kill every team, uh, except for the Miami teams in the 19, <laughs> 1990s and early 2000s. And Oklahoma, when Barry Switzer was there, you know, th- those teams could overcome it. But, um, you know, th- they've got to become more disciplined and they've got to have that 
mental toughness that Scott Frost has. And, you know, teaching kids mental toughness is incredibly difficult. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot harder to teach them to be mentally tough than it is on how to execute a technique or how to develop a skill. And that is a real challenge. Um, you know, I sometimes, you know, I, I'm not questioning, you know, what Scott Frost is trying to get done. I think, you know, he's, he's, uh, I think he is trying to go about it the right way. And, um, and he's working his butt off and I want him to be successful. Um, you know, I don't know how involved he is on play calling. You know, I think in years past, he was the one that did the play calling. Um, you know, a lot of people have said it's incredibly difficult to be the head coach and also call the plays on offense. And maybe that's a responsibility. If he's still doing that, he should, he should leave to his coordinator. I don't know. Um, but you know, I don't, I, I agree with a comment that was made earlier. I don't think they always want those swing passes, but I think that that's where that decision making needs to develop further with their quarterbacks. Um, for those down down the field throws, and rather than just going to that quick out right away, but that's a different thing. I'm excited about the Penn State game. I I'm I I have a good feeling that Nebraska is going to come out and play well on Saturday. I just do. Well, that's it, positive. If Todd's already talking about it and having good feelings, yeah. Uh, let's get to our predictions then. And let's start with the man who loves giving predictions oh so much, Nate McHugh. <laughs> I'm terrible at it, I know. Um, the Penn State, last I saw, is favored by three. Three or four, I think. Um, I'm going to not be optimistic. I'm going to try and take the position of being I that I'm going to go with what I've seen. And at this point, I understand that if you were to compare scores that Northwestern beat Maryland 43 to three, and then Maryland blew out Penn state. So if you compare scores, you know, transitive thinking that Nebraska should win. But if I just, I think we lose, and I think we lose probably by ten. I'll go with that. Do I need a score? Yes. Okay, score. By the way, my never mind. My Anyways, uh, I'll say twenty to thirty-four. I just think it's funny that you said I just think it's funny that you said twenty to thirty four. Right now. That's what I'm trying to do is wash (laughs) that off. That negativity. Why the negativity more already? Because I continue to hope and or I continue to see positive reasons to think we should be playing better. And I still don't see it. So I thought maybe if I go with what I've seen in the past and think that's an indication of the future, that maybe they will exceed my expectations and win. <laughs> All right, Todd. Thirty-one twenty-one, Nebraska. All right. Before we get oh, to John's, washing positivity. Before we get to John's, uh, friend of the show, Josh is uh, uh, chiming in as well. As far as a prediction, he said that's a good question. He says it's hard to pick us. It's week three in year three, and we don't know who our quarterback is, for fuck's sake. Uh, But he says 35-24 Nebraska. Am I going? Am I next? You're next. Well, let's see. Sean Clifford, I said he wasn't Trace McSorley, and he isn't, but he can run. And he kind of – he's – He's a good runner. He You compare him to Adrian Martinez, except that he kind of sometimes looks like he's drunk when he runs, and that's really bad because the defenses then get drunk because they're around him or something. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, Sean Clifford, Pat, Pat Firemuth uh, is their tight end, and he is one of the best tight ends in the nation. 
he's probably not getting a lot of press right now, but uh, those are the two guys I'd say on offense that if they're going to score, they're probably going to get scores from them. Jahan Dotson, uh, talented receiver. Okay, prediction. <clears throat> I called it the insecurity bowl, and what happens when you're insecure is you constantly try to put other people in the position to do better than you could so you can stay comfortable in your own insecurity. So what I see this is a game that's horrifying to watch because both teams will continue to try to give this game to the other team. And then the team that suddenly shows up less insecure in the fourth quarter will go, ooh, we won, and the score will be 33-32, to and it'll be Nebraska because they'll be less insecure because they're at home and they feel comfortable. I'm going to say three to four turnovers in the game. Combined. Uh, who? Combined. Um, I would love for them all to be, you know, Nebraska takeaways. Um, that, that, that'd be above average. I'd be very tickled by that. Uh, but I'm going to say three to four turnovers total in the game. I don't – we know Nebraska can move the ball. They just can't bunch it in, uh, which – Nobody watched that, so you guys suck. Uh, <laughs> I saw it. Uh, thanks, Todd. I looked like you were looking at your empty glass and getting sad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I don't know. I don't. I'd be surprised if both teams made it to twenty points. So I'm gonna say twenty four fourteen Nebraska. That's a hope and a prayer. We're very subdued. <laughs> I would take it. I would take it. I would take we it. We all would take it, right? I mean, it might be 24 21. Nine to six. <laughs> That's true. I, I, think, I think Nebraska needs this win for the sake of Scott Frost's health. Yeah, we, I, that that kind of sounds like a joke, but it's not really a joke. I, you know, I, I want us to win a game for Scott Frost, honestly. And I would take than, a six to three win. I would take a three to two. I would take a two to nothing win. Yes. Um, as well. Nobody moves the ball past the 50. And this one time Nebraska gets lucky. Um, you know, to Todd's point of, of taking a nine to six win, I, I think it's not quite late enough in the year to have a, a snowstorm uh, field goal game like we had with Michigan State. So uh, we're going to have to hold off on that one a little bit. It's, By the it's way, so great how, ahead, how to be that happy for his nuts to be that happy for a nine to six win. <laughs> I mean, isn't that just <laughs> that's the big win in the last three years? I because I, I was on the I was on the field for that Michigan State win, the six to nine game. And wait, wait, time out, time out. I, I'm going to stop you right there because this is the second time you've done it. It's driving me nuts. Why do you put the losing score first? Did I say nine to six? You said six to nine. And oh, I did? before that, you said. Oh, because it's, it's a way to home. Okay. Well, just, just put just put the winning score first. <laughs> you're driving me nuts. Yeah, but you're not. Okay, whatever. That's a, that's an interesting discussion we should have sometime. Not I tonight. Know. I don't know if it'd be that interesting, but I'm. <laughs> whatever you say. I'm actually <laughs> someone. That, stuff like that is interesting to me. Okay. Is, okay, so if you say. If I were to write an article, the last game is uh, 21 to 13. Do I put, I sh- in my view, I put 13 to 21. Nebraska lost 13 to 21 instead of Nebraska lost 21 to 13, right? All right. So uh, I can only speak out of, out of personal experience as the guy who uh, carried the title of sports director at no less than <laughs> no less than two radio stations and quite possibly three. Uh, you just okay. put you just put the higher score for higher number first. Really? Yeah. Just, All the time. European soccer doesn't. European soccer puts home score Todd, visitor. Todd, what country yeah, are we? Todd, 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 what country are we in? Good old America. US. I rest my case. He shows his commie signs again. I kind of see it as kind of like baseball. You know, you have the, the top and the bottom. 
You know, if, ha- if have you ever I, have, have you ever opened up a newspaper, Nate? <laughs> have I? Yes. Have, have you ever read read an article, a sports article? They don't say, "Oh, well, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs beat the Denver Broncos by the score of twenty four to thirty one." No, because they lost that game. <laughs> but they always put the higher number first. Even if, if they would have, even I, if they would have said the Denver Broncos lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm not picking on Denver, and I don't like the Chiefs, so that's a moot point. Those are just examples. But uh, the, the Denver Broncos didn't lose to the Kansas City Chiefs 24-31. The, the Denver Broncos were uh, inept on offense and, <laughs> and lost to the Kansas City Chiefs by a score of 31-24 because they couldn't punch. So we are having the conversation then. Yes, okay. I guess we are. Yes, Nate. <laughs> As a guy who edited years books, who edited Nebraska yearbooks before you came along, the, the, the high score always goes first. Okay. It always goes so, first. so the rule that we're going by is this is how we've always done it. So no, it's, the it's a style issue. Just so I understand. Just so I understand. Okay. I will now change how I write articles because <laughs> this is how we've always done it. Thank you very much, John. (laughs) You are upsetting my dog. That's what you see. This, see this. She is looking for. That's what she's doing. She's looking for reassurance that things aren't just going into the toilet here. And she went straight. So, and for that reassurance, she went straight to John's crotch as he was. Can I give you my rationale, whether it's wrong or right? Yes. Okay. So, just don't bring up Europe. I know it isn't. But you say, um, if you say, okay, this coming week, say, oh, the game, uh, how do I explain it? The game is Penn State versus Nebraska. You don't say Nebraska versus Penn State because Nebraska is the home team. So it's the at or it's the away team versus the home team, which is why I've always done the score is the away team versus the home team. I think that's all. That's all. I, well, whether that's right or wrong, I I don't know. I understand your I'm rationale. Just saying that's how I've always done it. I understand and, your rationale. Which, by the way, I just said that's a bad rationale, right? So I I think that it is. Even the dog got upset. It's more common to just say, you know, in in the uh, in whatever market you're in, your team goes first. You know, the St. Louis. Cardinals uh, beat the Chicago Cubs last night by a score of nine to nothing, but the Cubs wouldn't say, uh, you know, the yeah. Chicago Tribune or sometimes wouldn't say, uh, the Cubs rolled a stinker last night in St. Louis, losing zero to nine. I think they would say they lost by nine. I, I, no, you're right. That's a good point. That's a good point. I just <clears throat> okay. All right. I, I mean, I kind of get it in the way, but the exception. There is an exception to oh, the God, rule. Oh, God, don't do that. What are you doing? There's <laughs> and, no exception. No, it is. It is. And uh, and and people like Beth will appreciate it. In volleyball, uh, you do score it. You know, if you have if you go four sets, it's 25-17, 21-25, you know, whatever. Okay. The, the, loot, the, the lost set, you, you score differently. Okay, so if I was writing an article, I would not write the Cubs lost to the Cardinals because I wouldn't write that article. I'd write that, that the Cardinals lost to the Cubs, and I wouldn't say that, that you know zero to nine. I would say that I just would word it differently. That's all. People are people. People are dying now. They are dying. They've gotten this far, and they became weakened by this conversation. And they're too weak to turn it off, and they're dying, like dying. I remember the good old days when it would be uh, our predictions, and then see you next week, folks. <laughs> Supposedly, there's an AP style book thing we're supposed to follow. Don, you are our fearless leader. So there you go. We're All gonna right. use the we're gonna use the Chicago style. Okay, okay. I got nothing. Oh, that's that's okay. uh, one in the hospital, two in the morgue. That's the Chicago way. <laughs> All right. Dying. Uh, <laughs> this has been the Five Heart Podcast. You know it's bad when Nate's giving the signal to wrap it up. Uh, so for. <laughs>
Nate McHugh, Todd Wolverton, our fearless leader and founder, John Dam Johnston. I'm Greg Mahachko. By God, we hope you made it this far through the show. Hopefully you had a few laughs uh, along the way. If you had uh, to yell at us or, or you know want to tell us off, do it in the comments uh, at coordination.com. You can find this article uh, and you can find the podcast on all your, your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, so that'll be it. As we remind you this week and every week, five heart is all the hearts you need. John? I need water. <laughs> Go Big Red. Win the damn game.